0: Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are a twice weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the radio show Turn podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. My name is Mike Frizzell. I'm in Godforsaken Kyle, Texas. And on Mondays, we give you a recap of the previous week's TBTLs. But this is a Friday show where we often have on a guest to talk about their experiences with the show and also play and discuss their favorite segment in the show's history. I refuse to do this show by myself. So I'm always Tom Sawyer, someone into helping me. And tonight, it's from the Stick of Butter Studios, 1,070 miles north on I-35, is my co-host, Ann Lundholm. Hello, Ann.
1: Hello, Mike. And you know, Texas and Minnesota are not that far apart, given that tomorrow, the high temperature here is going to be 98 degrees with the heat index of 110.
0: Yeah, that's about what we're looking at. I think we're at like uh, 100 with an index of like 108. So... You know six of one half a dozen of the other, it's all freaking terrible as far as I'm concerned, yep, our guest is in a very pleasant location most of the time in the summertime. Um she's joining us tonight from Brisbane, California, right outside San Francisco, the Bay City in the Bay Area. It's Megan Keene. Hello, Megan.
2: Hi, thanks so much for having me
0: megan tell us a tell us a good weather story. Tell us it's nice there. tell us is there a breeze going through?
2: I believe it or not. I am sitting here with a long sleeve shirt on and like a light cardigan. (laughs) Oh, imagine what that's like.
0: (laughs) There's a tear in my eye.
2: Now, if I were to travel about 30 miles from here though, it, it, it wouldn't be uncommon for it to be about 40 degrees warmer.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. It gets bad fast in central California. Um, I don't think there's anything we really, uh, must discuss tonight any pressing show business. um, Anne is the, is the one who picked uh, Megan's submissions. So uh, Anne, why don't you lead us through getting to know Megan, and then I um, will run her through the usual TVTL paces, and then we'll talk about her clip. Sounds good.
1: So Megan, you're a yoga instructor.
2: Yeah. Um I got my yoga teacher training a few years back. Um so it's something that I don't do full time. Uh it's a hard thing to do full time, I think. But uh, it's something that I do on the side and um I've really enjoyed. It, so it's kind of a good balance to to the desk job.
1: <laughs> and what kind what attracted of attracted you?
2: Yeah. Um, well to be honest with you, I am one of the most unathletic people <laughs> that I know. And um, yoga was really the first thing that, like, I was actually fairly good at because I was pretty flexible just naturally. And um, it also just had a pretty calming effect. So that, that's what kind of got me into it. And um, after a while, like, you know, started doing it enough that I thought, oh, this this would be fun to, like, I just got so excited about feeling, like, hey, if I can do it, like I could show somebody else how to do this. And so that's kind of where I went from there.
1: I don't know. You say you're not athletic, but I saw some very interesting pictures of a lot of different handstands that I'd like to hear more about.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah. So um, a yoga teacher friend of mine uh, started doing this challenge that was called the Uh, 365 handstand challenge. And so the challenge was to do a handstand every day and then to keep yourself accountable was to take a picture of it. Um, And so once she started, so I agreed to do it with her and I don't think if she had not been doing it that I would have, would have done it. But, um, but after a year, I did get a little bit better. I I still need the wall somewhat, but um, it was a lot of fun because it was a bit of a chronicle of the year. So I would really try to take, sort of some, some amusing poses within my handstands or try to take them in some unusual places. So like I had one that was actually down on the, in the stadium, uh, the baseball stadium here. So it was on, um, I happened to have, um, be in an event where we were down on the field. And so I did one on first base, which was probably the most fun picture I had of set. Wow. So who takes the picture? Um, usually, I roped my husband into doing it, um, but then I also had a little app on my phone, and so I do my best if I was by myself to try to get <laughs> try to get some some try to get my phone mounted in a certain way, to, and then there was a timer on it, so I'd try to quickly at least get into something <laughs> and time it right.
0: <laughs> Did you ever have to redo it in front of oh, people? Oh yeah,
2: there are some pretty funny. I I thought about posting like the whole outtake reel, which right. was you know there were a lot of falls, a few injuries.
0: Right minor
2: (laughs) but um i had some guest stars too like um because as people sort of started watching this they would they would be interested in like coming up with ideas for what i should do or if they wanted to be in it in some way
1: well i think the last time i did a handstand i was probably seven so i'm kind of jealous
0: i don't think i've ever done a handstand i'm about the stiffest person that you'll ever encounter even when I was younger and much more athletic, I, I, I can barely touch my knees. I'm the stiffest person on the planet. Much less touch my toes.
1: So, sounds like you need to take some yoga classes.
0: I probably probably should. Uh, Emily has done a lot of yoga, a lot of hot yoga, I guess, which is they just. Uh, I I, th- I think the hot yoga is just where they don't feel like paying air conditioning in in Texas, <laughs> and they just call it hot yoga
2: i was going to I was going to say you've got like built in hot yoga where you are,
0: oh absolutely. I could go out in the yard right now, and yeah, hot yoga
1: <laughs> so i I want to tell my yoga story because i've been to exactly one yoga class in my lifetime, and it was a special thing that they were doing at my gym, and I would never have done it except for the group fitness director kind of leaned on me and said, Ann, you have to come to this, you have to come to this, and so I went to the thing and it was led by the national brand manager for Lifetime Fitness for their yoga program. I mean, how can you pass that up? But I went in and he came right over to me and he said, hi, I'm so glad that you're here. What's your name? And I said, I'm Anne. He said, I'm Jason. I'm just really glad that you've come. And I thought, ah, national brand managers don't wear deodorant.
0: Good to know. No. (laughs) It should be a law if you're representing any brand that you you shouldn't stink.
1: And I yeah. said, I'm not sure how this is going to go because I've never come to yoga before. And he said, oh, that's so wonderful. Come here, come here. And he takes me up to the middle no. of the front row no, with no, the mat. No. And oh. I was like, this is going to be great. But it was actually a pretty fun experience. And um, we did this move called the, see if I can get it right. It was called the half twisting camel. Does that sound right, Megan? Yeah. Yeah. That's some, I think I have an idea of what that is. Yeah. So you're on your knees and then you arch back and you put your hand on your, um, on your heel, on the back of your heel. So right hand on right heel. And that went pretty great. And left hand on left heel went pretty great. And then he said, now we're doing both hands. And I went back and the second my hands touched my heels, I thought, Oh, this was a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) I was honestly
2: not sure that I
0: could get out of it. At least you didn't hear a popping sound or something. No.
2: That's good. I think people think like you can't get injured in yoga and um, I'm here to tell you. Uh, oh, yeah.
0: I'm oh, sure yeah. And and uh,
2: there there definitely seems to be, um, it's not a community where there's, uh, there definitely is this, uh, a large contingent of the community that doesn't believe in deodorant or at least, you know, effective deodorant. <laughs>
0: mm. So
2: certainly yeah. experienced that one too. Well,
1: it wasn't a hot yoga class. So I guess that was a small blessing.
2: I think in hot yoga it's just part of the it seems to be part of, just part of the the deal is you just realize you're going to get somebody else's sweat on you. <laughs> right. Right. Sounds better and better all the time. <laughs> yeah, why aren't you guys running out to a class right now?
0: <laughs> well, I literally can't run out anywhere right now. So oh. that's why I'm not
2: how
0: is the foot doing? Like? Uh, not great. I mean, the, the foot I had surgery on is doing much, much better, but I, the other foot's broken and is going to probably remain broken. So there's not much I can do about it. What? It's, yeah. It's bad huh. news. We'll have to get our medical expert, Barbara Aerosmith on the air here at some <laughs> point to give her a, uh, give her expert opinion. Um, But Megan, we're here to talk about you and your clip. But but before we get to that clip, how did you find TBTL? And have you listened from the beginning?
2: So I didn't start off at the beginning. I started listening probably about the end of 2009. Um, A friend of mine had grown up in um, Seattle, so she was a TBTL listener. Um, And she told me about it. when I And I had listened to podcasts for a number of years, and I vaguely remembered Luke – uh, filling in on, on, uh, no, wait, wait, don't tell me. Um, so I started listening and at first I didn't, wasn't initially hooked. Um,
0: well, what it, was the, what was the first episode that you, that you heard? Do you uh, remember?
2: Um, I don't remember the first episode I heard, but the one that I felt like I really started to get, get the hang of it or, and really enjoyed was, um, when they, then they were channeling, uh, the Delilah, um, <laughs> And taking a uh, love song dedication right. requests, um, mm-hmm. and that just warmed my heart immediately. <laughs> and I was pretty much hooked from there.
0: I got through on that one. Yeah, I you did I requested uh, Casanova by Lavert.
2: Oh that was yeah it was great. Well what was really funny is when that got replayed on LRV, I made the connection because at the time I didn't I didn't know I hadn't heard an episode where you were on mic and so I didn't know Drew McFeeters or any of that and then and then it wasn't until I was listening back I was like oh wait <laughs> and I made that connection so that was a lot of fun
0: So it was pretty much the Delilah episode Yeah, that that
2: got me into it, and um, I think also just Luke really – I really could relate to a lot of, like, what Luke talked about. So they're only – Luke and Jen are probably just a few years older than I am, so a lot of the things he talked about, like, our pop culture timeline is pretty similar. Um, And I could also relate to being from a really big family, so I loved hearing, like, just some of the stories that he had about just being from a big family and, like, the penny-pinching.
0: Right, how about like How many- the crazy diets and and? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god, those are when I have the eye roll, and I. I there's been a couple times where I mean, I it, it was one of those things where I just never seemed to understand why I kept listening during certain parts of it. I think, particularly, sort of the dark the dark era where it was just Luke by himself. And yeah. uh, so I appreciate no one should podcast alone, because those are some dark, dark times. <laughs> but, but for whatever reason, I just wanted to keep listening. And I think it was just that, in a way, I always think of TVTL as almost being like family, you know, they just mm-hmm. like they're, it's just comforting to have on.
0: It. What do you do when you're listening? Is it, is it an everyday thing? Or do you binge listen?
2: Um, I am. A, I'm sort of a. I. I. You know. It's funny when I first started listening, I was behind a few episodes, and then I. I seem to be perpetually like a week behind, <laughs> so I'm always like I'm always a time bandit. Um, but LRB actually sort of helped me be less of a time bandit because I'd want to hear LRB, but I wouldn't. I'd need to catch up on TBTL in order to do that. <laughs> there good yeah so so you guys have reformed me somewhat i'm much more up to date
0: it's almost Um, like we are setting the skip rope time you know like yeah Yeah. you got to do it you got to do it you got to jump 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 because you're you're not going to enjoy your lrb if you if you're not up to date
2: yeah totally so i i'm usually puttering around the house when i do it um Mm. it's If I'm by myself, I I just won't have earphones on, Um, but otherwise, you know, or in my car, I'll I'll be listening. Um, So I kind of go through spurts. It just sort of depends on what time I have, but I'm not like, uh, I'm not a person that like, you know, every day is religious. I just kind of, when I have time, sometimes I'll binge listen.
0: Well, uh, what does TBTL mean to you? I mean, what, how is it essential in your life? And has it like helped you at any time with any problems? Has it?
2: yeah well you know I've really felt there was when I when I really started listening a lot was I was actually doing my yoga teacher training and I uh funnily which uh Amusingly enough was in Seattle. So I was living in Seattle for a month and it was the first time I'd really lived away from, you know, I'd been married for a few years at that, at that point. So I hadn't really been away from my husband that long. And even though I was busy during the day and around people, it would get lonely later on. And I, and my brain would pretty much be shot at that point, you know, cause it was like a long training day. So mm. I just had TVTL all along to have like something to listen to. and, and it was just great. And it was the perfect kind of light thing that I needed, you know, at the end of the day. Um, and I just got really attached from that because, um, and I think, I guess what TVTL, I mean, it's been said, but I think it's worth saying again, is that they really are like a family to, in a lot of ways. You know, you feel like they're your friends and they're always there. And even when you're screaming at the, at your phone or the, you know, or, you know, it's some crazy crazy thing they're doing or you know some something they didn't edit out or luke chewing parsnip chips you still keep listening you know it's like you still love
0: them yeah okay well the question what we're now asking all guests is what is your favorite drop
2: oh my gosh um
0: you can take your time puzzle it through
2: let me think um I think one of my more recent ones is uh, the one about body because oh. I just I, I just love that now that's become a thing. You can't even say the word body no, without I doing that. And right. I find that it's sometimes problematic in the rest of my life if I'm teaching yoga and I want to say body and I have to <laughs> kind of stop myself.
0: I'm the president of yoga and I need you to say body immediately. <laughs> <laughs> okay well um and uh you you chose this um submission so what appealed to you about it and then i guess you can both sort of set that set up this clip if you don't mind
1: i like this clip because it shows well hmm, i struggle obviously to explain Exactly what drew me to this. But we've had a lot of greatest hits on the show. We've had a lot of really funny moments. And most of this clip is more on the serious side. Mm-hmm. And we get to see uh, Luke probably c- closer to big dog status than mm-hmm. we have ever seen him before in a place where he's just totally frustrated and is venting his feelings and Andrew is kind of trying to cope with it. And I thought it was such an interesting, um, dynamic between the two of them. And then I won't spoil it, but the end of this uh, clip has one of the uh, best moments of TVTL in it. I think.
0: Megan, why did you, uh, choose the clip without giving too much away?
2: Um, Well, I, uh, you know, again, I think I was like, Anne. I think I was just really drawn to the fact that it was kind of Luke's big dog and a little bit, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily um, on the surface a funny, a funny episode, Mm -hmm. but it was so relatable. Um, I just think it was that (laughs) level of that level. You could understand the level of frustration he was at. Um, It kind of, it kind of reminded me of um, an old movie called Falling Down. Right uh, from the 80s <laughs> and when the guy just basically freaks out and goes crazy and he's really angry and all the things that he sort of freaks out about i mean it's it's a, obviously a very big overreaction to it but you also at the same time as a viewer really relate to it you're like yes but i understand what drove him <laughs> to it sure that that was michael douglas wasn't it yes mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's a good movie it's like i think in the sometime in the 80s i guess it's probably on netflix but yeah, that was what drew me to it, and then um, well, I won't I won't give away the the last thing, but I, the other thing was a uh, the end of the episode sort of brought or mid episode brought uh, the birth of a TV tailism, um, and it's a uh, re- recurring TV tailism that they've kind of recently in the last few weeks been bringing back. So um, mm. I've enjoyed I've enjoyed that.
3: It's good to be here today. Um, although I have to say I'm. Uh, I've got a lot of I've got a lot of pent up anger at the IT staff at the radio station. And the thing is what happened was for the last like couple weeks every time I try to send you an email in the morning it bounces back. As undelivered. By the way, I feel comfortable talking about this on TBTL because I know that there is zero chance that the IT staff will hear this.
4: I don't think there's zero chance. Why do you think That's there's not zero I'm chance? That's why I'm uncomfortable talking about this. Why do
3: you think there's not zero chance?
4: Because I feel like one of the people who work in that department is right in our demographic. And he and I are very friendly. And we talk a lot. And we have very vague plans to go get a beer at some point because we live in the same neighborhood.
3: Well, then he, then our secret is safe with him. If he's cool enough to be listening to this okay. show— the reason I don't think they listen to this show is because the feeling I have sometimes at the radio station is like ninety nine percent of the staff there has no motherfucking idea that this thing happens every day. And that's totally fine. Um they they're they're not uh, you know, responsible to care about this show. But when we need like a favor or we need someone to just kinda like help us out and it appears that it's something that's not even near their radar, I I wanna basically um I just wanna I guess remind them gently that this show has more fucking listeners than their radio station does on a given day. So when we're prioritizing things, when we're talking about things that kind of matter to the overall Cairo mm, milieu, the thing that has more downloads every day than many of the shows have listeners, not a rounding error, okay? Right. But this is actually, funnily enough, not even about that. No, this, this is, is that's actually, why I am wondering why you're bringing
4: that up. because this
3: is- Because that's why I feel safe talking about –
4: Oh, I see what you're saying.
3: Things that happen at the radio station on this show, because I know that, just broadly speaking, the radio station has limited knowledge that this even happens,
4: which is probably worse in our favor.
3: It does generally
4: more, more often than not.
3: Absolutely. So, getting back to the radio station, you have not been able to get emails from me for like a couple weeks. Well, it's it's intermittent. It's like I'll sometimes they go through, and then sometimes they're bouncing back mm-hmm. to me
4: and and it just started though and that's really key and i guess you said right. this but it just started about right. 2 weeks maybe 3 weeks ago and
3: so what we've what we we've finally gotten it down to like i used to ask me to send you one of the error messages one of the bounce backs mm-hmm. and you send it on to the it people and of course you had to send it to my gmail
4: account right. because i oh couldn't because also get it.
3: it should be pointed out too that i'm using i'm not using the um uh i'm not using the the work email the inner office email I'm, I'm, system i'm using my own email that i use because it's where I do almost all of my emailing, and it's just much more convenient. And frankly, if you've ever had one of those jobs where you log into this remote thing, sometimes it's a little dodgy. Mm-hmm. It's a hassle. Um, it's just the kind of – for a long time, I don't think you could actually do it on a Mac. I think you had to do it mm-hmm. on a PC. That apparently has changed. But, but you if have, you
4: get some sort of weird – Parallels or something. Yeah, yeah. The
3: upshot being that like, I have just always used my other email account for everything, and it's worked fine. It hasn't mm-hmm. been a big hassle for anybody. and. in complete honesty, I kind of like the fact that I don't really I'm not part of whatever kind of chatter goes on at the radio station, there's,
4: and there's more chatter at this station than any other thing. You automatically get signed up with every single like seven ten ESPN email. You get stuff from like then, which is kind of cool. When I first started, I was getting all these like emails from ESPN, the network, which is kind of cool, gives you a right. behind the scenes thing. But um, your email box just fills up so so quickly. Right. And just one other uh, one other defense of you wanting to use your own account for this is. You know, Ross and Burbank is one thing that you do for your job, but you kind of have a lot of different jobs or you're kind of always on your hustle, but it all kind of needs to come through one place because a lot of these things are overlapping. TBTL and Ross and Burbank are overlapping as well as some of the other things that you're doing out on the road and stuff that are related to one of those two shows. And if
3: I was trying to maintain uh, this other email account just for the doing of the Ross and Burbank stuff, I mean, things already fall through the cracks like Mm -hmm. crazy for me because I'm I'm uh, disorganized and uh, and uh, essentially forgetful. So, so you emailed the you emailed the IT people and 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 the, what they came back with was something about I'm on somehow the system has banned me because I'm emailing in from this other account. And like if you want to get my emails, you had to go into the bowels of your account and somehow like somehow um, give a permission for my email to come through.
4: Yeah, some it's basically the IT guy or one of the IT guys. Sends me this note that says, "Oh, you can add him to your allowed user list, or you know, uh, right. you know, have a certain ex uh, exception for him if I add him to some list." But it's, I know that sounds easy. I know how to do that even on a regular email system. But like, it was some. It was some link to some third or fourth system, you know, that I had to log into and go like, as you say, really far into the bowels, so that I could get your emails. Yeah, but
3: then you asked in another email, yeah. I thought quite astutely, "Okay, fine, I can do that, but is this everybody at the radio station?
4: Right? Because it seems like you should be able to email people at the, at the freaking at radio the company station company you work for."
3: You would think. And like let's imagine that I just was somebody who's outside the system. Imagine I was like the next great guest on Cairo, and I heard Ross and Burbank, and I was like, that's where I want to tell my story Mm -hmm. of being a naked man who jumped into Green Lake Mm -hmm. yesterday and swam Mm -hmm. out into the middle and
4: hung out on a buoy. I probably did get that email. And
3: then went on Duck Island and ran around Duck Island the place where Luke used to go to try to smoke weed when he was a kid but often the weed was stolen by rocker dudes. I can't believe you tried to smoke weed when you were a kid. Well, it was the Donald Whitehouse and Todd Staley, the oh, older kids. They were okay. they were trouble. Okay. They were like 3 years older than me and uh, Todd Staley's mom sold weed or had weed mm-hmm. and so like we that was how that happened and we, we never even got any.
4: Is it cool that you're saying f- full names? Well, I guess we'll find out doing illegal stuff. I with I, just, I didn't
3: statute of limitations is up on okay. that one About 25 years ago Okay I'm going to look Into it though Anyway I'll email you about it Thanks You won't get it But I'll email you about it So the, the question was So is, is every single person At this radio station of Hundreds of people Do they all have to If they want to get An email from me Do they have to go Into the bowels Of their uh, You know Software or whatever And change this And The response from him This is a guy by the way A real Just salt of the earth This is a guy who uh, When you call the voicemail that is given to us the phone number that is given to us if you're having IT problems. Big radio station. This radio station bills millions of dollars every year. Lots of people listen to it. It's actually three stations. Very big operation. If the computers go down, by the way, it's all computer generated to The freaking uh, you know uh, what the commercials that play. It's all computer based at this point. You it would be important to be able to get to get a hold of the person who has to fix those things because if they go down, there are literally millions of dollars on the line. You call this person's voicemail and it, the answer is. And I won't use his name, but we'll call him IT guy. IT guy does not accept messages at this number. That is what – does it does it list – at least last time I called, does it list an alternate number? Nope. Does not list the number you should be calling. Case of emergency, just says send an email. So that's just the kind of – And in this case, that wouldn't really help you much. That, exactly. That's the kind of just gold gold standard of customer service we're dealing with here. So anyway – the response from the person in IT is to the question of, does everyone at the radio station have to somehow allow me now to email them? The the answer is, yeah, probably. The solution is send emails from the official corporate account. And so then I responded by saying, um, that doesn't work for me because the system is really unreliable for me. Um and also, I deal with other companies all the time and, and other entities, and I email them from this account, and it's never, ever, ever a problem. It doesn't seem too much for me to assume that, that our robust business operation that is this series of radio stations should be able to also accept emails mm-hmm. from this account. And the response then uh, from – one guy is, is like –
4: well, I want to. I would like to see what these problems are you've been having, et cetera, et cetera, about the other stuff. Right. So he starts figuring out right. how you can fix your system so that you can access the company email from your computer. That's not what you want. You don't right. want to use the company email because if you have too right. many accounts. Right. And
3: then the other guy, oh, this guy was this was this was priceless. He and he's the he's a big boss there of of this kind of thing. And the first email I sent, it was I would describe it as a little bit terse, but not openly disrespectful.
4: Right? Mm-hmm. I mean – I'd agree with that trying assessment. To get, you sounded frustrated and a little ticked, but you – But I'm not being like – But you were – you gave a bunch of reasons for – you weren't just kind of like, hey, dummy. You didn't pull up that.
3: No, I did not. In fact, here's the here's the exact email. I'm going to read the exact email. The response was, solution, send email from the Bonneville account, blah, blah, blah. My My answer – That's not a reasonable solution for me. The Bonneville email and the HR website, et cetera, has proven to be unreliable and unstable for me when I'm trying to access it from home. I use my other account for all my professional obligations, and it works perfectly for every other business and institution I interact with. I don't think it's a stretch for me to expect it to work with our system. Speaking of which, I find it problematic that apparently our system can't simply receive emails from these accounts without this workaround. What if a guest or listener emails me from this account? Will we get their emails? It's a very popular platform, and one I hope we can support for the obvious reasons I've laid out. Thanks, L. Frustrated, but not like yeah. not 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 wildly, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, sort of off base. And of course, the response from this guy who's in management there and has been for a long ass time is uh, instead of saying, "Yeah, this is, uh, you know, this kind of stinks. we'll this look
4: is, into it. It's going to be rough to find a solution. This Nothing is like the that.
3: system we have, and I know it's not ideal or whatever. The response is um, I might have I must have just deleted it like and then deleted it from my deleted folder so I wouldn't get too angry about it. Oh, here we go. The response was I have found over 3000 other complaints with the same issue and none of them are with Bonneville.
4: Which so it didn't was, even make sense to me. I had to read that 5 times to I figure think out what he the meant hell he went was on the internet
3: about. and searched for yeah. other people complaining about this system. So by the way, we have such a bullshit system that 3000 people on the internet are complaining about it, but it's the system we're going with. By the way, side note.
4: Uh, yeah, I get Oh, You think he was looking at this system specifically or just looking at the problems with, with this type of account, your uh, m- type of personal account? M- m-
3: maybe so. Maybe that's what he means by it. But, uh, so he goes, so as soon as the industry comes up with a solution, I'm
4: sure the world will know and fix all the problems. He's basically blaming the outside email provider that you use, not his system at all.
3: Well, and, he, and he's saying no, – well, I don't know because you can read it one of two ways. He's either doing that or he's saying the system they have has a problem interacting with this kind of email mm-hmm. and that everyone has that system and that everyone has that problem. And once the world fixes it, mm-hmm. we'll find out. But that's you know, just the kind of like – that's the kind of can-do attitude you look right. for in somebody who gets paid good money right. to fix these kinds right. of things. I'm sure the world will fix it at some point, and we'll find
4: out. I'm glad you took the time to find the, you know, count the three thousand examples as opposed to actually making a call to corporate, or just at least just
3: recognizing that yeah, this is kind of a this is a sucky part of the system we have. Uh, We're you know, when if they give us an update on it, we'll certainly download Mm -hmm. whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just commiserate for a minute, because this is the only kind of fucking job where you can be a dick to other people, and I mean. Uh, I said something to somebody we work with about this. I was complaining, and he said, "I just don't ever fool with anyone who can unplug your mic." Mm -hmm. And it's like, think of any like if you walked into a McDonald's and you ordered a burger and it was you know it didn't taste good and you took it back to the person and you were like, "Hey, this burger is uh, it's not doesn't taste right." If they said to you, even at McDonald's, if they said to you, "Do you know how many complaints McDonald's gets a day?" Someday McDonald's will be perfect, and guess what? You'll be the first person to know. Like, there are no jobs where you get to treat people like that.
4: Right. Now, I I think that's a somewhat flawed analogy only because I don't think that you should be looking at the different departments in the building as being um, a customer of them. And I think maybe you do, and you may have a point. But in other words, if I go complain about my burger— I'm a customer of McDonald's. I don't feel like we are a customer of the IT department. I look at us all well, being colleagues. Well, let me put it this way. Colleagues, and sometimes, you know, there are things we need their help for. I try to help them if I can ever be of help. I try to be a reasonable, per- reasonable person, let them know, like, when I have a problem, all the different things I went through to let them know, like, right. I tried this. I try to communicate and I always give them the benefit of the doubt. You don't want to make it seem like, and I think this is one of the reasons the IT department, just as a general idea at Businesses across the United States The reason there's always this attitude of being um, Of put them being out. jerks and put out Is because they probably are dealing with a Lot of idiots you know what I mean For every like one thing that we're trying to deal with They're also trying to deal with someone who You know broke their computer playing Angry birds I, or doing that And there are a lot the, of idiots Look
3: around the radio station and tell me how many people you see Playing angry birds
4: well I don't but I mean There are two other floors that we don't work on And that's the other thing too I mean we're slightly in the more Technological side of things because were in the broadcast side of things. I think but, you're
3: being incredibly generous, as you often are. One of the things that people and love And again,
4: about I'm you. not just talking about our business. I'm talking about IT departments in general. Yes. The reason that I think they end yes. up kind of having this, right. the, 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 this cultural divide is because but, I but, think a lot of IT people have to deal with a lot of really stupid people doing really stupid things, and then you develop this whole kind of like, right, but, but, they're but, always but, idiots and we're right, always smug. Right,
3: sure, okay. But I would just say, it still strikes me, even if they're only idiots, as coworkers. I just—you get more static from IT departments. You know? Yeah. I mean, why do you think there's a Saturday Night Live skit dedicated to it? Did you ever hear this yeah. one? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Damn it! I can't print this file. Has anyone seen the computer guy? I paged him like five times.
4: Who? Nick Burns. I called him about twenty minutes ago, and he told me to go soak my head. <laughs> I don't like that guy.
2: Well, well, where is he? Every time I try to, to print this file, the computer shuts down due to insufficient memory.
3: Maybe the computer shuts down because you have 32 megabytes of RAM and you're trying to run a program that takes 128 to function smoothly, X-Lax. <laughs> Nick, the computer guy, fix your computer, and he's going to make fun of you. Because he's Nick
4: Burns, your company's computer guy.
0: Okay, okay, who 911'd my pagers? I was trying to have lunch with my dad. Sorry about this, Pops. Shouldn't take long. <laughs> oh, don't worry, son. i always wanted to see where they trained for the Special Olympics. <laughs> Good one, Dad. Okay, what's up, geniuses?
2: Well, um, this important Whoa, 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 whoa,
3: hey. I didn't install dual processors in my brain. <laughs> okay, one at a time. Okay, So, you know what? That song, I would take Nick Burns Computer Guy because if you hear (laughs) in the song, it says, as he, it says he fixes your computer and then makes you feel dumb about it. That's one more thing than generally happens at the place we work. Because you, the answer, whatever, there's any problem is, uh, you know, first of all, it's like turn your computer off and turn it back on. Okay, thank you Probably we did that Then it's like You're running the wrong browser It's always like the, the first 11 fixes Are always You're doing something wrong And I would say Most of the time We're not doing something wrong mm-hmm. Most of the time It's that the machine Is actually broken Right And so I, I just Let I me- I did not But, but well, yeah, okay. I, I, you know what I don't want to hear anymore about how they're probably just really awesome people or just really misunderstood. No, no, I'm not. That's
4: not where but, I was going to go. What were you we going to say? I was actually going to commiserate with you a little bit. I, Thank you. Um, cause, don't you know the show is supposed to be about commiseration? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm glad to know I can't disagree with you anymore, that I've used up my disagreement shits on this show. Uh, no, for the you rest can of disagree with me on anything else. No, but what I was going to say was, and, and here's the thing I, I mentioned at the beginning of this that uh, the. Um, that, you know, like one of these guys, I don't know him that well, but, um, you know, would, I'm trying to be friendly with him and I, you know, I do, well, I try to be friendly with these guys all the time anyway, because they're not, they're not always horrible. No, they're and not. We, no, and the thing They're is, not.
3: That's the thing. Yeah.
4: If you bump into them in the hallway, they're not they're like... They're nice guys. They're, yeah. Well, whatever. Anyway, one of them, um, you know, kind of came up to me and he's like, "Hey, listen, I just want to talk with you about this situation a little bit here because I think that sometimes things can get too heated over email, which is kind of funny because things didn't even get that too heated, or maybe he said things can get miscommunicated over email. So let's just talk." And number one, I really appreciated that because yeah. that, I've had, I've gone up to people before and said that. Yeah. And, and so that's this a happened hard thing after to, I left the radio. Station. This happened, yeah, like regarding this thing 30. we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, okay. yeah, so around twelve thirty, the guy yeah. comes up to me, and I really respect that. I yeah. let me give him that. Because, and I did not uh, even
3: know that it happened. So that's yeah. that's. Uh, and, uh, I, I say good good on it, whoever that was.
4: Because that's hard to do, you know, when things are escalating, to actually go and confront somebody and just But kind see, of here's uh, the
3: thing. Let me just point out, too. Whatever. I'll get to the, the well, lack were, of big dogging in a minute. Yeah. Anyway, Because were, I didn't respond in kind to any of these— Right. Like, I responded with a terse email, but still one that was written, written relatively respectfully. The one that you just read, the right. The one I just read. And then I got a couple of different emails that I found really insulting. I didn't respond yeah, to them. right. So— I'm glad they're extending an olive branch, but right. like- well,
4: I think it's this one guy. I think this yeah. one guy wants to be level-headed. I think he wants to be cool. The guy who about you think things. might be a listener, yeah, this would be uh. the most likely out of any of okay. them. Um, but anyway, so and in, in, anyway, he came up to me and just said, you know, like we should. Uh, we should, uh, you know, let's just chat about this. What is the exact issue that you're having? And I said, um, and I said, I uh, kind of kind of explained it from the beginning. He's like, yeah, but hasn't this been intermittent? Had you, haven't you been having this issue for a while? And I was like, yes and no. We kind of got into the weeds a little bit, and I did sort of feel like, even though I appreciated him coming over, I felt a little bit already back on my heels. Like, I think he was just looking maybe for a, a broader solution, but it kind of started taking on a little bit of that tone of just kind of being like, now I suddenly have to defend myself or make it sound like this isn't really a problem you know how sometimes things right. when you talk to these guys it kind of gets a little twisted and then and so i'm just kind of like i i kind of go through all of the details with him that i'm trying to skip over here without going into too much detail and then and then he's like well you know the solution it kind of comes back to this fact that you should be using you know just the company mail and or something like that and he's like do you kind of understand and i was like no, I don't understand. And I wanted to be polite. And you know me, the only time I get, when I get confrontational, which isn't often, my voice, instead of being angry, it kind of cracks and I sound like I'm going to cry. So I was kind of doing my voice, cracky cry voice a little wow. bit. Wow. And I was kind of like, no, I don't understand. And he's like, uh, what part don't you understand? I'm like, what I don't understand is why... When we have a system that works to do our job And then the technology suddenly can't support it We have to change the way we do our job To match your technology That I don't understand What was the response? I think just kind of uh, Well, I don't think it's unreasonable For any person who works at any organization For the expectation to pe- for people to use Their work email for work stuff And I said, well then, you and I don't agree on that And we're not going to disagree on that also, And I don't get is that not, to, And like, by the way, is this. that
3: not the world's like most backward looking technological answer. Yes, of course. Like I mean having having an email for your work and an email for your personal life and then an email for your dodgeball league and then an email. Right. Like well of course we're moving in the direction of everyone just having one email that if you know that does all of that stuff because it's like that's so and I mean that just like that right there is to me like it's just a snapshot of like why Whatever, But I appreciate you kind of going to bat for me. Well, whatever. And
4: I just sort of feel like – I mean that's kind of the – that's the key here that – and I I just believe this fundamentally as a philosophy. And this is what I think a lot of engineers and and IT departments look at totally opposite, which is no, no, no. Do your job this way because we have the technology that lets you or forces you or gives you the opportunity to do it this way. And and with the exception of like Google who's like really good at like kind of looking at the way people actually use their – actually want to act online or whatever and then and then matching products that serve that i just sort of think that there's this big disconnect and then we basically ended that conversation with like you know i think he again asked me like Are we on the same page or something along the lines of that and i said absolutely not but i think this <laughs> is a much broader issue and i don't think either one of us get paid enough to like really deal with it like let this go to higher levels and we can you know fight on the corporate level but or i'm I can not just seriously send stuff getting your- into it I can send stuff to your other
3: non-work account. But that's a huge pain in the ass
4: for me because I right. don't like to have two different emails right. then open you, then, at work. Then you have the problem. Right, exactly. Right. And it doesn't matter. I think I've solved my problem because I've added yeah. you to my that's accepted all, list. Fine. So that's fine. But the idea that like, and I really appreciate this guy coming up and just wanting to kind of work it out and not let things get heated. But but I also just kind of like, no, this is ridiculous. There's some, something fundamentally wrong with the well, way you're looking at your job. The, to me, the thing about all this, and I didn't
3: even mean for this to be a a twenty minute conversation about email systems, what I was really though what, what I was wondering about is, should I have let the big dog out, which is to say, should I have like because I actually had composed two different really like just harsh emails that were ju- that were just like really let 's say elevating it to tier three of anger mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because this is consistently what happens with this department. And it's not every person in the department. It rotates. Sometimes one person in the department is nice. sometimes someone else isn't, blah, blah, blah. And there's one person who comes to my mind who I can think of who's always, always very nice and awesome. So I don't want to tar them with the same feather. But every time – it's like you said. Every time there's a problem, the first response from them is always, you're doing it wrong or learn how to work within this technology that we arbitrarily got. None of us who have ever motherfucking hosted a radio show or produced a radio show. And by the way, the radio station could exist without this specific IT team. This specific IT team could not exist without the radio stations. So the microphones would just be sitting there. It'd be like Planet of the Apes. They'd be next to like a, a Statue of Liberty that's on a beach somewhere. They would be decayed. It would be a million years from now. And they'd just be sitting there because the microphones don't do anything. The people talking into them
4: do. The crappy thing is that would probably help our ratings.
3: Yeah. Well, we're, I mean, that's... It's it's a long tail. <laughs> That's the thing about the kind of broadcasting right. we're doing. It's a v- right. really long tail. But what I was going to say is, like, I went back and forth because old me, old Luke, before I went to therapy, Luke would have just blasted off, and new Luke didn't, and so things are not. I'm not getting calls from the, the you know upper management because, for instance, in my old life there, there were a couple times where I like you know just. Screamed at people in the newsroom or whatever, and I got a talking to in those cases. Really, I didn't know you ever got a talking to. I got two talking to's.
4: Really? Yeah. From your direct boss or Uh, your boss's boss? My direct boss. Okay. My
3: direct boss, and not interestingly enough, not for the big dog incident. Really? No, because no, because I apologized in that case because I was out of line, and the person who I apologized to was like totally, and we hugged. We literally hugged. Oh yeah. And then there was no, it didn't go any further than yeah. But a couple of other times where I got mad, where like really? we had this newscaster who mercifully doesn't work there anymore, mm-hmm. who would interrupt
4: oh, yeah. our yeah, show all that. the yeah, time yeah. for I BS. Know, I know
3: what you're talking and about. And one time he did it for nothing. And I, as soon as we went to the commercial, I went out in the newsroom and I just yelled at him. Oh. And actually, that's not even true. I think I yelled at him through the talkback function. Oh, uh, yeah. Classy. And, um, and I got a talking to for that. Anyway, I, but here's the thing. So here I did the thing I'm supposed to do, which is Mm -hmm. I like thought better of it. I stopped. I interrupted the circuit of reactivity, but I also feel like this allows the bullshit to continue because one of the things that keeps people from doing bullshit is when there is a reaction to their bullshit. Mm -hmm.
4: But in this case, I don't think that. Okay, so here's here's what I would say. You know, you said you can post this email you can always send it later. If you you know what I mean? You you can the only thing you can't do is unsend an email. So, you know, if, after you cool down and spend five hours thinking about it and you realize, well, you know what? Yeah, I'm not even angry anymore, but I gotta send this because logically it makes sense, then you can still do it. But it's best not to send those things in the heat of the moment. And also, like I think that you just sending that off Isn't going to be the reaction that changes your relationship with that department. Like that's just going to make things worse. I don't
3: want to change my relationship because basically I'm going on now off and on four years of trying to carefully, kindly, and in a pleasant manner get them to do Mm -hmm. their motherfucking jobs. Mm -hmm. And it's like – I'm just – I feel like that's no no longer – because it seems like, oh, well, and you even – whatever. I don't want to drag you into this too much Mm because I can see you're uncomfortable. But I will speak solely for myself and I will say that like the the carrot – the carrot has been attempted.
4: But aren't there other – OK, the screw the carrot. Aren't there – I mean this makes me sound like a narc, but can't you like talk to people that maybe we all work for? <laughs> you know what I mean? Can't you talk to
3: no, top no, because here's what, No, because here's what happens. They hear this crap all the time. You go in there. You say, hey, I'm having a problem with this person or, or this issue and they go – Okay, and then they put it on their outlook calendar to think about it in a month mm-hmm. and i 'm not saying that any of the people in management are are um, you know feckless i 'm just saying They have a thousand things to work on and whether or not I can send emails from my personal account is low on the list and yelling at the guys who aren't making that happen is also low on their Mm -hmm. list. So to me, that's just like spitting in the wind. Mm. And so I guess I feel like, you know, like sometimes you walk up to a fence and, you know, when you're a kid and you're like, I wonder if this is electrified or not. Mm -hmm. And then you touch it. And if it's electrified, you go, whoa, you pull your hand back. Mm -hmm. To me, the big dog email is the equivalent of like, whoa, okay, I guess we can't, I guess Mm. we can't. Treat this person like shit the mm-hmm. the way we often do with people at this place mm-hmm. because a lot of – because you know what happens at that radio station? the Our show, because we're the most friendly, nice, mm-hmm. despite the last 30 minutes now of me talking, typically speaking, we're the show that makes the least amount of hassle. That's true. Therefore, we get the most amount of bullshit. That is because true. Because er, you don't want to mess with someone who's like, got their hackles
4: up. Right. That's the, the human nature is to avoid that. Right. And that's definitely my thing. I mean, that's that's been true in almost everywhere I've worked. And I got to say, a lot of the time, it ends up paying off for me in the long run. As the person who's usually producing the show that doesn't make huge stings out of small things. And I'm not saying this is a small thing, but you get what I'm it saying. It is a pretty small thing, actually. Um, it, actually, I kind of don't think it is. But – I mean, I think the fact that you can't send using your your usual email that you do all of your email work on and business on, that you can't email people at the station that you work for is kind of weird. (laughs) I think that's kind of a big deal. But having said that, I do think that being the nice guy or the nice guy show, there are definitely drawbacks. But I do think it pays off in the long run.
3: When is the long run? I think that – When our bones are desiccating next to the Statue of Liberty head by the microphone that's also decaying at a less rapid pace because it's inanimate. (laughs) Do
4: you remember the song when the Simpsons redo Fet of the Gates? I'm trying to remember. (laughs) Dr. Zayas, Dr. Dr. Zayas.
3: Set to Rock Me Amadeus.
4: Yes, yes. Um, Anyway, yeah, I I, I don't know what to say about it. But the thing is, you can always send the angry email later, and it never, ever makes sense to send it when you're actually angry. (laughs) So you know, wake up tomorrow morning and decide. You know what? I need to see some action. I need to touch the fence. Then send it off and see what happens. I know, but, my, but at least look, you're look, doing ult- it with a logical brain.
3: Look at ultimately, you're right. And this is the thing. Since I have started to become a little bit less of a reactive, angry person. Obviously, only a little bit because mm-hmm. I still have a lot of anger. I would say nine times out of ten, I'm really happy when I didn't do mm-hmm. something. I know, I reactive. always am. Yeah. But I don't feel any better now. I don't. I'm not looking at this mm-hmm. four hours later thinking, "Oh, that mm-hmm. was the right call." Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because nine other times I'd be like, yep. "Yeah," you know, disaster averted. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. And the other thing about the just to go back to the the shocking fence analogy is like, it's like if you touch a fence and it's electrified, and you go, "Whoa, okay, I'm not gonna do that." If you touch a fence fence and nothing happens, and then you go home and you get up the next morning, and then you get an email and you look at it and it's like shocks you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's very far removed from the event. Yeah, right. And it doesn't have the same. Oh, I see. I don't oh, think it I creates that saying. same pathway. Like sending an, sending a reasoned email two days later that says, Th- "This is why I was really frustrated by this." I don't know if that does the same job as like.
4: oh I'm not even no saying two days later, and I'm also not saying. Um, I'm saying you said you had an email composed. You had a, you had a shocker email composed. <laughs> um, send the same one. I mean, if you still feel that way, I mean, it's, it's all I'm saying is it's not too late. And I to ask did to say did I make a mistake by not sending this? Uh, no, you didn't make a mistake because you can still send it. You can still send it right now. You can. Yeah. My whole point is you can just never unsend it, and it sounds like you. You've learned that and lived that and found out nine times out of ten not. If you feel like you're not getting what you need, copy a boss on it and send it. I don't know. All right. Well, I appreciate appreciate that. I, I,
3: you know, I think you're, I think you're right on this most of the time, and I think that usually the way of the way of non confrontation is the way. But I, like I said, I just feel like I look at what else happens there, and I and I feel like, I mean, I'm excited for the day when we walk in and suddenly. something awesome is happening to us we get some award for being the thing that makes the least hassle but i just think what did somebody say life is um short brutish and nasty or something i think sometimes the world of commercial radio is short brutish and nasty yeah, everything. and and it's it's yeah. like you you know you kind of like <laughs>
4: But I'm not saying non-confrontation. I, I, if anything, I would confront I, – I think you'd feel a little bit better or at least like you could defend your actions a little bit more if you confront it head on. Take it off an of email. Go down there tomorrow. Make it physical. <laughs> Throw, throw some elbows. Hey, no. you know what? If I did make it physical, No, just though? go down there and talk to them and, and be angry. And, and, you know, I mean, don't go out there. Just go down there. And be, first words out of your mouth should not be, I'm pissed off. Like, that's not going to be a creative situation. But, like, just like that guy, it probably took him a little bit. Like, I better just go. That guy who talked to me today, it took him a little bit of extra effort. But he's like, I'm just going to make sure at least I do this right. And he came up and he talked to me. was like, listen, we got to take this off of email. Go downstairs. Take it off of email. Be like, make your case again. If they give you shit, stand there, look them in the eye, and tell them why it's bull. Yeah, I may do that. Um, If I go
3: down, if it does get physical. This is the segue I was going for. Sorry. And I need legal representation. I think we found him. His name is Adam Raposa. He is a lawyer in San Antonio, Texas. And this is a TV commercial that is running down there in which he is... Driving a truck, wearing a cowboy hat, and crashing into a car that's in front of him. It looks like it might be a Camaro on the road. The Camaro is the thing that's impeding his. Well, he's creating a sort of um, I don't know. I don't know uh, the term exactly if it's a metaphor or uh, an allegory or what. But his truck represents the represents his client's interests, and the Camaro represents someone trying to stop his client's interests. And it's uh, it's amazing. Take a listen. To this.
1: America is about freedom. I'm Adam Raposa. And every time I look and I see somebody trying to stop Americans from enjoying their freedom, this is my truck. All I can think is, I'm a lawyer. Why?
3: Don't are you get in my in my way! way? I'm a lawyer.
0: I'm a lawyer. lawyer. Don't get in my way. way.
3: And if you're prosecuting my client You This is my drum. I am a lawyer. In I'm Adam Adam Raposa. I'm Adam Raposa. So that's his commercial. I know you thought that I messed up the Loading of the sound. That's how it's edited. Yeah, I got that. It has a um, has a kind of a, a unique jump cut Yeah, kind of uh, thing. Did the to... Radio Lab
4: guys produce that?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of like yeah, that. You yeah, you can tell. You can tell. So he um, he may be just the kind of lawyer we need on this team. Now, the thing is, he is in Texas. So it's only if we get in... Tr- I, 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 something tells me he hasn't passed the bar in any other state mm-hmm. or maybe Texas. Mm-hmm.
4: Well... I mean, what do you want? This is how you're going to present this to me? Well, were we supposed to have this conversation before the show? Well, I know. I'm just saying, I was kind of unofficially the legal
3: representation
4: <laughs> just of the, the show. Way I, the way
3: that I was the medical. And, <laughs> I was, yeah. And, I was the medical representation of the show. I, you were the legal.
4: I mean, I know we never talked about that before off air, but on the show, I've made that claim several times, and I do sort of feel that you bringing this up to me on the air like this. I mean, I guess the underlying thing is you're not happy with the work I've been providing you. I think that's fine. I think we can have a conversation about that. But I don't know. It's just kind of crappy to hear. Well,
3: let me me put it this way. It's not a total slam dunk for a couple reasons. One, like I said, I don't think he's passed the bar in Washington State. The other, when you are a lawyer the kind of Adam Raposa and you're willing to crash into things that are blocking your way. And sometimes if you're mad at a judge, like flip him off twice. And then you get sentenced to contempt of court. You have to do 90 days. That, you know, can put a a major uh, crimp in your efficacy. W- what? Um, so, yeah, this is tape now. I'm about to play of Adam Raposa outside the courthouse uh, right when he's about to go and start doing his 90 days on contempt of court, which he was sentenced for flipping off a judge, <laughs> giving a judge the double bird during a case <laughs> in court. because he was really unhappy with what was happening in the process.
2: I made an immature gesture. And I think this case is clear that nothing
3: mitigates that gesture. Uh, that was something that shows a lack of respect for the court speaks for itself, and it doesn't matter the context and when within which it occurs. Uh, that's something that I've learned as a result. It's uh, unmistakable that the conduct was inappropriate, and the sanction was 90 days, and that's all there is to say.
4: What uh, what plans do you have in mind, uh, I guess, taking care of your business outside when, if, if and when you go in? Well, you know, I'll uh, do some push-ups, sit-ups,
3: uh, try to not eat much of the jail food. Um, as far as business
4: on the outside, business as usual, people are going to hire me no matter what.
3: I mean, they've seen the ad with the truck.
4: Yeah, it's like no other.
3: So that's Adam Raposa.
4: I got to say after... He's a lawyer. (laughs) This is my truck. I'm a lawyer. After hearing that, I mean, after everything that you had to say about um, the IT and the way that you would handle that, I understand why you think this lawyer may serve your needs better than pacifist Andy over here.
3: (laughs) Better than than Walsh and Walsh.
4: (laughs) Walsh and Walsh LLC. Walsh, Walsh and Dormat.
3: Actually. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do our best, but we can't promise much. Walsh, Walsh, and Doormat. <laughs> Walsh, Walsh, and Doormat. We're sorry.
1: All right. Well, uh, so Luke is mad. I don't know if we noticed
0: that. He. <laughs> He, that's as big dog as he's ever, I think, been on the air. Yes. I think.
2: I think that's the most we ever hear him live. We've just kind of mm-hmm. heard the the sort of in retrospect stories right. before. And I, I was, think, yeah, it was the first time I ever
1: really thought, oh, okay, I, I really understand what the big dog is about now.
0: Yeah, he was... Um, he was close to really going off, and I've, I've been there for one of those episodes, one of the Big Dog episodes, the uh, one um, – I don't think I'm telling anything that hasn't already been said, but he went apeshit on Josh Kearns one time. And well, you were there for that? I was there. Like, in the radio days, I think there were, like, four evenings where I was there for one reason or another, um, and that happened, like – Right before the first or the second hour of the show, and I don't even remember what what Josh did, or or even if it was that bad, or if it was a misunderstanding or whatever. But Luke lost it, and and he was the guy that you just heard, but but the lid was off, <laughs> <laughs> and he immediately regretted it and apologized and all that. And I don't think he he regretted um, the other incident, which uh, was Jeff Podgila, who was a uh, tool and <laughs> nobody cares about his feelings. So um, this, uh, yeah, you don't... Wh- he tells these stories about when he's in a bar and he uh-huh. jumps over a table to headbutt someone and he has that in him. You know, I don't, you guys probably don't. He no. does. And that's what makes him Luke. And it's fantastic.
1: Well, and there is a certain amount... He's, he's a storyteller and he tells stories. And so there is a certain amount of not necessarily embellishment, but maybe embellishment that he's going to work into his stories to make them more interesting. So when I hear the story about him jumping over the table in the bar to headbutt something, somebody, I'm just like, uh huh, sure. I, I mean, I never think that it actually happens that way, but I guess it does.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I wonder. He seems to have mellowed. I wonder if that's the. Do you think that's the carry effect, or just getting older? Or
0: uh, I think I, I, I think I've said it before that men get saner as they get older, <laughs> as the testosterone runs a little dry. <laughs> and sometimes I think women get a little nuttier as they get older. We cross each other somewhere in our late thirties, early forties. It doesn't happen to everyone, but. I think it happens to, to people who are on the extreme one way or the other. They they you know, you're not gonna be a crazy guy your whole life, you're gonna calm down and you're not gonna be a nice calm woman your whole life, you're gonna get a little crazy, I think. Oh, sometimes. Does
1: that mean I have something to look forward to?
0: <laughs> hey, the your craziest years might be ahead of you, Anne.
2: <laughs> Excellent. I Anne, I mean you could ask my grandma. I mean she hit about she hit about seventy, I think, and then just there was no filter anymore. I mean what little filter had been there gone so. <laughs> there and there's a certain freedom to that, I think,
1: <laughs> yeah, when you just don't give a shit anymore, yeah.
0: yeah, um this might have been the first case of someone who was in a radio station who who'd been uh, cancelled off that radio station, right, and I mean, I think he was back on the air on Ross and Burbank, that's why they were talking about all this anyway, mm-hmm. but. But what Luke was saying toward the beginning was that um, that his downloads were dwarfing their listenership, like the TBTL downloads were dwarfing the Cairo listenership, mm-hmm. and I, I've never heard a podcaster like do that before. Like he was acting like um, TBTL was more important than Cairo, it's, which was I thought was, it was an interesting take on his part.
1: Was this still back in the day though, when the all those that download? data was getting I inflated.
0: Was. I think it was because that the the stupid old podcast that I did, uh the takedown podcast, some of that data back before the data was, you know, corrected, we we were told that one of our episodes had thirty two thousand downloads when we had about two hundred to two hundred and fifty listeners.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah, don't know what that, the listeners
2: really Oh go ahead, Megan. Oh yeah, that's when I really saw it being the um that like the big dog factor it was just the fact that that was Luke's take from the experience was you know yeah he's just jealous <laughs>
0: yeah because you have a million listeners to TVTL well <laughs> maybe not quite a million yeah but the um the frustration over that email stuff because the I used to work for a company too that like tried to force everything into their system and it just didn't work and people we would always be trying to get around it and they would say why are you trying to get around it because it doesn't work
1: right that was a great point that andrew made later in the conversation i thought that was we should be fitting the technology to the work not right. the work to the technology
2: yeah i i loved that point and i've i've worked in the nonprofit sector for a number of years and you i've i've had so many times where i feel like i'm I'm just kind of doing my own thing, working around IT. And yeah, there's times where it's just, you know, yeah, you, you, I mean, they, Andrew really nailed what I've thought so many times. It's like, why am I doing this convoluted workaround? And why couldn't we just get something that works or, or you know, fix it? <laughs> that one IT
1: guy does sound like a giant douchebag, though.
2: Yeah. And I think it's kind of an IT thing that, you know, they initially just have a, it's the manner in which it's told to you sometimes that's just infuriating. Mm-hmm. It just makes it seem like you're the one that's stupid or hasn't tried something, you know? Um, and I think they mention, oh, have you restarted your computer? <laughs> <laughs> you know, just kind of the standard. And so, or, you know, have you submitted a ticket?
0: <laughs> Ooh, a ticket. Yes. <laughs> Oh, yeah, when the guy's like just walking by and could easily just take a quick look, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, is there a ticket? No, we have your eyeballs and your person right here. Can you just take a quick look, my friend? Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, I was taken aback by they were saying that the number of the guy they were supposed to call, his outgoing message was IT guy does not accept messages at this number that's pretty unprofessional
0: yeah um i i've not had great experiences with it guys except for um there there was one who uh i i was I, I was at the halfway house right and i was working and i would get like a weekend pass or something to to go work and so I'd be in the office by myself on a Saturday or Sunday and there's no one else in the office. So one time I took a look at some, some material <laughs> and, and when I, and when I came in on Monday, uh, he, he just, he came over to my desk and, and just said, don't do that. <laughs> and he didn't tell anyone about it. So I was like, all right, appreciate that. Appreciate the heads up there. But other than that, all my experience has been pretty bad.
1: Well, I guess I would like to throw some props in the direction of the University of Minnesota, um, IT help department because they've never been anything other than completely helpful. So there are some, there are some great IT professionals out there. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) You don't
0: seem convinced. (laughs) Well, no, some, I mean, yeah, there's no doubt that there are some and it may be a decent percentage, but, um, yeah. And there, I've also worked with an IT professional who, uh, we talked about bad breath earlier. He actually smelled like shit because he had often had shit on him because he was a large fella and he couldn't, um, take care of his business.
1: Oh no. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And one time he left shit on a uh, shared, like, there was a station where we could pull all of our numbers for our restaurants, and there was a, a thing on the chair, and I was like, oh, I wonder what that is. I started to reach for it, and I stopped just in time, because it was shit, because he had just been in that chair, mm-hmm. and left some shit in the chair. Where's Did
2: the shit? sound effect? <laughs>
0: I, I like the fact that Luke said the carrot has been attempted. I think i'm I'm gonna steal that
1: <laughs> yes that that was good. yeah, so the central question of mm-hmm. this particular conversation is, should Luke have let the big dog out? and he Megan? mostly mostly kept it uh leashed, but he was ready to go Old Testament on them.
0: What do you think, Megan?
2: Yeah, you know, I'm torn because, God, sometimes I think you have to let the big dog out, you know, in order to, like, get anything. Because cause I've definitely found sometimes that if you're just like, okay, just keep me posted, all right, then, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes the, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the attention. So sometimes you got to be that squeaky wheel or you know a louder wheel than that um so yeah i don't know And this scenario is kind of like well i guess it's good you know just just seeing how much he was seething that it probably wouldn't have been re- well received if he had let the big dog out but but man i could have understood if he did <laughs> i felt like it would have been justified in a i lot
0: remember of at the time rooting for it i really <laughs> wanted it to happen and not not only for for his sake, just to see if he could get what he wants. But for Andrew's sake, so Andrew could see, you know, what happens. Yeah. And there's
2: been a few times where Andrew's told stories of like his passive, you know, some of his kind of passive aggressive, you know, road rage or things like that. And, you know, it's, it's been the same thing where I'm like, Ooh, man, that was ballsy. But then also kind of thought, but it's also kind of awesome. Like (laughs) I've sort of understood where.
0: I think in general, Andrew walks around with more anger than Luke does.
2: I think that's
1: I think that's a good assessment. I think yeah. I think a lifetime of holding it in is not healthy. No. I mean a a lifetime of spewing rage all over people is not great either, but I think it really does eat away at you if you feel that you have no
2: outlet for it. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and you can definitely tell if you're around people that are really passive aggressive. It's like, "Ooh, yeah, I'd almost rather them just yell at me."
0: Yeah. Sorry, Anne, go ahead.
2: I I have always
1: wanted to have a little bit more big dog in me because I don't even have a little dog. I Mm. was just brought up to be so polite in every single situation, no matter what's going on. And I do wish that I had just a little touch of Burbank that I could just drop it on people when they really deserved it.
0: Well, I'm super calm 99.999% of the time, but Emily can tell you there have been three or four times since we've been together where in public I have lost it and <laughs> and screamed at people. And did and, you get the result you wanted? Um sometimes yes, sometimes no. I mean, one for example, uh we were we were on our way to brunch, and there was—it's a restaurant on um, West Sixth Street here in Austin where parking is back in angle only. Uh oh. So <laughs> I think you know where this is going. So we we found a spot. Emily was driving because uh, we drive to brunch. She usually has a drink, so I drive home. That's the deal. So Emily's driving. We see a space. She gets just beyond it. Has the signal on, and here comes someone you know, just advancing on her and wanting her to move, like get out of the way. So, uh, I can't remember if they honked or not. I think they might've. And I got out of the car. Keep in mind, this is Texas open carry guns (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) How stupid am I? Luckily I get out of the car and it's a woman, uh, in like a, what do they call them? A grocery getter. Is that the insulting term we use? Yes. Tony's term. (laughs) It's, yeah, in a, in a grocery getter, and uh, I just, I'm gesturing pretty wildly, back the fuck up. And the lady looks, you know, sort of mortified, and I'm sure Emily's mortified. Uh, and the the lady uh, does back up. Emily gets in the space, but stays in the car while I... <laughs> Um, I actually got some kudos from the shopkeeper and <laughs> who came out, um, and, and said that, uh, yeah, that happens like 10 times a day and no one ever sticks up for themselves. They hmm. just move along. And, and he, he was like, he's like, good job, buddy. And I, I don't know. I was in a, a rage zone for like another hour or two and Emily was mortal, mortally embarrassed. So, um, that's the kind of thing. And then there was another time it was, I was in a, it was in a hobby lobby. I was returning something that, that Emily had bought and I waited through a line cause there was nobody at the return desk. I waited through a line. I got to the front of the line and I said, I need to return this. And he says, well, you need to go to the return desk. And I said, no, I don't. And I took the stuff <laughs> and I just dropped it on the floor and left. What? It was like it was like six dollars worth of like fabric okay. boxes or something. So I, no, I don't. And that was pretty rageful. So I mean sometimes you get what you want, sometimes you're not even trying to get anything except angry, and that's all you get. So yeah, that that but that rarely happens. I'm so mild mannered the rest of the time.
2: I'm generally pretty mellow, but I think I can really relate to the big dog. So I am not, a, I am a very small person. I'm only about five feet tall. And well, Anne's seen my Facebook pictures. I'm not, you know, I'm not particularly big, but I have a mouth on me that is, <laughs> it, is it, it's almost like the small dog effect, you know, the, the barking small dog. And so there have definitely been a few times where I've lost it and, and not that I've been happy about. So yoga has been good to kind of mellow me out a little bit with that, especially because, you know, I, I'm also kind of. You know, I'm. A, I, I also sort of think better afterwards and go. Ooh,
0: you know. Do you do you drop swears or is it just really cutting?
2: Um, much more, much more on the sarcasm level. And okay. then I remember one time being when I was in this really crappy apartment when I was like a poor college student. Um, there, there was this tenant that um, there was rent control like in our in our building, and there were just there was this tenant that was always yelling and having these screaming matches with her boyfriend in the middle of the night and. You know, they were trying to evict her, but it was like this long process. And so there's finally like one night and like middle of the night, like, you know, they're going at it. And I opened my apartment door and I just screamed, shut up like really loudly and then of course then of course i immediately like shut the door lock it and like <laughs> and that's just sort of the epitome about how you know it's like okay um yeah i got a big mouth on me and then it's like okay but don't hate me <laughs>
0: well the the question there is did you get what you wanted
2: uh yeah, actually, it, it did work. Uh, wow. Yeah, um, and there's been a couple times where I've sort of been the person to point out something that was wrong, or um, mm-hmm. it didn't work out. Like, so I do remember one time being in college, and we we had a paper that was going to be due. And the professor hadn't really covered any of the, like, he kind of went on this big tangent on one of his lectures and hadn't really covered, like, what we were supposed to write the paper on. And so I remember raising my hand and just saying, you know, I don't feel prepared. You know, I feel that we need an extension date on this because I I don't feel that I've adequately, like, experienced the material. And he, like, changed the date on the spot. So that was pretty cool. I won some friends with that one. You're a hero. Yeah. Yeah, so occasionally it comes in handy. I mean, I do think you should stick up for yourself, but, but yeah, I've 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 tried to rein it in a little bit, and you know.
0: Well, we can't get out of talking about this clip without Walsh, Walsh, and Dormat. We're sorry.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, that's the best. I love that they've come back to this. Um, I think that was another thing. It's like, it's a TVTLISM, and it's back. Um, I mm-hmm. think in the last few episodes, um, Andrew's referred to this. And it's just casually as the firm. I just... <laughs> Actually,
0: <laughs> well, Anne actually has a Walsh, Walsh and doormat doormat. Have you seen that, Megan?
2: I have. Um, so if people want to see it, they should go over to the LRB Facebook page because it's there. And you, Anne, um, Anne, do you want, I know why, but you want to share why you got it? You have this doormat that I'm really jealous of? its It
1: was my reward for archiving 20 episodes of TBTL for the archiving project.
0: Have you wiped your feet on it?
1: Yes, people have walked in and out of the door over it
0: because <laughs> that's important. We we want I, people to to walk all over Walsh, Walsh and doormat.
2: I mean, well, a, that's the point. I mean, I'm excited about my. I mean, I'm excited about my lunchbox, but I got to say that doormat's the best swag ever. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. So let's talk
1: about Adam Raposa. Oh right, I shall I we? Totally forgot <laughs> <it now. laughs>
0: He's local for- to me.
1: Yeah, Luke said San Antonio, but when I looked him up on the web, it says Austin.
0: Yeah, I think he got chased out of San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I don't think there's a judge in San Antonio that wants to see Adam Raposa, so he's had a little change of venue.
1: Yeah, if you Google Adam Raposa, that video is the first thing that comes up. hmm and then if you Google Adam Raposa contempt of court, which is what I was looking for, you can get to a much more recent video, one that's from 2014 that involves him rolling around on a mattress in his tidy whities slathering himself with baby oil. And it's, I will say, disturbing. And I now know that he has uh, an eagle with its wings spread, tattooed all the way across his chest,
0: Mm-hmm. Just along, piece is what that's called yes, in, in the tattoo business. The,
1: yes, m- many more tattoos or maybe just one gigantic tattoo along his lower torso and on one of his thighs and then wrapped around the other thigh. And I don't know that I'm ever going to be the same after looking at this.
2: Oh, yeah. I will consider that my Google warning.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know I would, if I want my attorney uh, fully sleeved out.
2: And, and I, I got to say,
1: so I was looking for this. Um, Luke mentioned that he was charged with contempt of court. He had to do 90 days for flipping a double bird at the judge. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was a separate incident because I couldn't find that. I found this 2008 criminal contempt of court, criminal contempt of court, because of what the articles referred to as a simulated masturbatory gesture at opposing mm. counsel, so he basically yeah. made a jackoff motion sure. at the uh, at the prosecutor, and the judge was
0: not amused. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah. really, someone you want on your side?
0: Wow. Yeah, um, yeah. There's some really bad attorneys here in Austin, and they do billboards and stuff like that. But he's got to take the cake. I think he might he might be the worst idea for an attorney if you were in trouble. I guess if you want to take the pressure off yourself, if you want to make what you did not seem that bad or something, you know, like, hey, I may have I may have robbed a convenience store, but get a load of this jackass. <laughs> uh,
1: it it looks like he has a pretty decent practice, hmm. to tell you the truth. I think there are enough people that uh, find his attitude entertaining, or o-
0: over at eye roll, eye roll, and jack off motion. <laughs> yes there's no argument we can't dismiss.
1: <laughs> right. So delightful.
0: <laughs> well, uh, Megan, thanks so much for coming on. This was a really original show for us. Usually we're, we're, we're going over uh really light stuff, but um, got a little bit darker and that's all right. I like, yes, it.
1: This was very interesting. I, I would say, I, I meant to say before, especially the part where Luke just said, I don't want to hear anymore about how they're probably just really awesome people to Andrew. And Andrew said, I didn't realize I used up all my disagreement chits.
2: (laughs) And I was like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. Like, um, and, um what was what was great, I think, which also made the Walsh Walsh and doormat so funny, was because of the fact that the guys were really getting pretty heated and and then, um, when they went into Walsh Walsh and doormat, Andrew just did this thing that I find hilarious where he's so he was so serious he goes wait i I always thought I was counseled for TVTl, and, <laughs> and it just it just killed me I was like. Oh. So good. So it was. It was definitely a great moment of levity after a like more tense than usual show.
0: Um, let me do a little bit of housekeeping. Um, I got a message from Michelle Sutton who donated to our show, and it re- she reminded me that you can donate to the show. Not only can you uh, buy stickers at uh, littleredbandwagon.com dot com or uh, use the. Amazon portal there, uh, make it your Amazon bookmark and make small donations with no extra charge to you whenever you buy something on Amazon. But if you click the shop button on our website, you can just straight up make a donation, which um, I always think it's a shame if uh, any of the people here on LRB have to dip into their pockets to pay for this. So if you can help us out, we'd really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we want to keep doing this forever. We want to keep connecting with you guys and we want to keep um, this show alive as a legacy for TVTL forever. And please help us do that if you can. If you're broke ass like me, then <laughs> you don't have to do it. So, um, and tell people how to get involved. How did Megan get involved?
1: Megan got involved by going to our website, littleredbandwagon.com, where she filled out the Get On The Show form. And it popped up in our spreadsheet, and I looked at it, and I thought, I think that sounds interesting, and I bet she's going to be great. And she said some nice things about us, too, which never hurts. (laughs) Right. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, of course, or we're hanging around on the Stens page. Uh, The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. Megan, do you do Twitter or do you have a social media presence apart
2: from Facebook? I do. I'm I'm on Facebook, so people are welcome. uh, You're welcome to – I will friend any TVTL10 um, on Facebook. Um, But I'm also on Twitter, and I'm Penguin, um, A-S-A-N-A. Uh, clearly I didn't think of economy of characters when I picked
0: that handle, but <laughs> wait a minute, Pe- penguin, penguin, what?
2: And then a S a N a. So What's it's the story asana. on that. Um, so asana is actually the Sanskrit word for a uh, pose in, in yoga. Oh yeah.
0: Penguin and- pose. I might be able to do that. It sounds like really <laughs> stiff and upright. <laughs> Arms straight right? down.
2: Yeah. Everyone can do <laughs> penguin pose.
0: <laughs> I love it
1: so everyone check out Megan on Twitter you can also email us if you have something you need to discuss at littleredbandwagon at or you can leave us a voicemail at 802-432-TBTL that's 802-432-8285
0: okay I think that's going to do it for tonight um, I think next week don't we have Phyllis
1: that Phyllis sounds right tonight?
0: all right And also, uh, coming up on the next recap soon, we're going to have a special guest. On uh, Christie's wedding weekend, we'll have a special guest recapper. So, um, a lot of good stuff coming up. Uh, That's it for me. Megan, thanks again. And uh, Anne, why don't you get us out of here?
1: Until next time, this is The Next Party.
0: We love you, Jen.
4: See